Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. That uh, hunting new track from Jonathan Colton, which uh, if you're listening to it on the podcast like the majority of you are, you didn't hear. But uh, it is Monday, January 9th, 20 freaking 12. I'm Mr. Skullhead. It's time for 10 dozen minutes of Jake and Mr. Skullhead, and Jake will be on directly. Hello, Mr. Skullhead. Hello, Jake. How are you, sir? Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. Just fine. Had some trouble with the uh, radio start? Yeah, she had something going on with the countdown. Like, the track counting down to zero wasn't working, so... She just had to kind of dump me in as soon as the it cut off, and she had no idea when that was going to be. Mm. Was she listening to one of those randomly generated songs from The Secret of Monkey Island 2? I hope so. How you been, Mr. Scully? I'm trying to think. Uh, it seems like there's probably been a week since the last time we did one of these. Yeah? Which means that seems- things must have happened... Yeah, seems about right. We'll try and remember any of them. We wrote a we wrote a bunch of taunts for uh, word realms. That's true. I went from being number one in the taunts to number three. I'm gonna have to pick up that pick up my pace a little bit. Your Are numbers we s- higher than it was though? Yeah, right? I've done thirty yeah. or forty. Are we stopping at a thousand apiece, or are we? Uh, are we gonna? Oh, continue? I don't know. That was that was where I wanted to get to uh, at a minimum for mm. uh, for launch. Before lunch, before dinner. I don't think that we have to stop there, um, you know. And I, and I wasn't planning on it. One thing that has helped me, and uh, uh, you know, that let's have this conversation in public because people people like uh, like our process. Something that I, the way that I got a lot of mine done was by playing uh, the game, and then when I would play a word that that had a generic taunt, I would think, oh, I can think of a better one than that, and then just wrote a taunt for that word. I see. So yeah, Which I, was a way of dealing with words that were in my head instead of words that were just fed to me by an algorithm. I tend to do pretty well with just letting it feed me words, and then like I'm not sure what the like the nature of your taunts are, but mine tend to just be like a threat of violence or assurance that I'm going to win with the word in there. Yep, that's uh, that's pretty much it, because they have to be fairly general case, you know. Yeah. I, I like it. Uh, I, I'm sticking. Uh, and for those of you who have no idea what the fuck we're talking about, we're talking about the things that your character says when you attack monsters uh, using words in word realms. Um, I like it when I can uh, get a song reference in there, but I only do that when it makes sense. You know, yeah. And, like I'm there won't be like a non sequitur thing, but like. If if the line of a song that immediately pops into my head when I see a word, because that's basically how my brain works all the time, right. when I see a word, that's just like sudden random access to this catalog of song lyrics that contain that word. Hmm. Um, although my my head lately has has been doing this awesome uh, thing where most of the time what's stuck in it is the music from Dig Dug. Uh, I which, think I know how that goes. There's not a lot of it, um, you know, it being an older sort of primitive uh, arcade game. But I played one game of Dig Dug maybe, <laughs> I don't know, 10, 12 days ago. And for whatever reason, uh, today we drove past Big Bug Creek and my girlfriend said, ha Dig Dug Creek. And then that just brought it right back. Yeah. And uh, here, here it is. Yeah, write, writing a lot of sentences uh, that awkwardly include a word. 
Yeah. I I'm enjoying it to <clears throat> you know like they're going to be cleaning bits of you out of the hedges when I'm done. <laughs> yeah. And to me getting the getting non sequitur is fun. For a while there were a few that were I don't know, like borderline offensive. Yeah, yeah. Jews I mean, I, kept I, coming like, up, and I kept skipping Jews every time it came up until finally I just put, "I'm certainly not going to say anything bad about the Jews." Yeah, I mean, it's in in a way we've got like we are given a little bit of an out here by the fact that like probably we put Jews on the list of words that a monster will never use against you. So the only way that you're going to see that is if you play it. Yeah, and so like if you've just typed the word cunt, then it's okay for a joke with the word cunt in it to pop up, right? Yeah, and I I do prefer letting people set their level of involvement with that. So I kind of get annoyed playing words with friends, and it won't let me play cunt. Like, listen, you don't know the guy that I'm writing to like I do. We're both fine with me playing cunt, and fuck off. Yeah, I didn't know that cunt uh, was not allowed. I haven't tried cunt. I tried cunts. So maybe like a singular one is okay, but once you get too many of them... Mm. I know clit was disallowed, hmm. but I think probably clitoris was allowed. That's that's just a scientific name. Cirrus and I played a couple of games of words with friends where we would just pass and redraw tiles until we could make an offensive word. Right. Um, so those ended, up, those ended up being kind of fun. Um, so yeah, you, 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 you haven't done anything interesting in an entire week. No, I went to a fancy dinner party with some friends. Oh yeah, just like at someone's, a, yeah, at someone's house. house. Did so you wear a nice. Did you wear a fancy sweater? I, <laughs> I actually did. I wore a sweater with a, a collared shirt under it, mm-hmm. so that the peaks of the collar poked forth. What color was it? It was a black sweater and a white shirt. Nice. And some gray um. slacks. <laughs> so it was very very uh, grayscale. Yeah, I was actually I actually made up my entire face and hands to match. Nice. Um, what'd you eat? Oh, we... there was some ham. There's some chicken. There was a pumpkin soup that I wasn't expecting to like that I did. Did it involve oh, yeah. like a like a just a pureed pumpkin? Like pumpkin and some spices, and then <clears> into <throat> it you mixed a relish made of apples and craisins and red onion. And that okay. sounded disgusting to me, but I just figured uh, I might as well try it, and it turned out to be really, really good. Like somehow the cranberry plus onion was not super objectionable. There's a lot of chutneys that have like you know mango and onion in them. I think you think of onion as a thing that goes with like savory foods, but an onion is not savory, right? It yeah. just it just has like a kind of a bite to it. I can't but. do. I still can't do the like spinach and red onion and strawberry salad. That's still just kind of mm-hmm. baffling to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I keep the fruits out of my salad. Like a candied walnut is not something that I need in a salad. Yeah, yeah. I like a salad to be salty to neutral. Um, salad. Um, so I, you know, worked on, uh, worked on Word Realms, and then we went up to, uh, we went up to the old hometown for the weekend, just to, just to go dick around a little bit. Stayed in the old Hasayampa, took the stairs a lot. 
because uh, a building a building that has an uh, it's got an elevator that has to be operated by a person like a hotel employee and having to bother somebody to do something that I already think of in like a three-story building as a kind of uh, it is almost just like admitting that you're a lazy bastard if you take the <laughs> gotcha. elevator up one or two stories yeah, I guess so uh, you know, not that I haven't done it a lot, and not that I probably wouldn't have done it regularly if it had been a if it had been a you know modern American elevator where you push a button and it takes you where you want to go. Not one of these crazy cowboy elevators. Um, but yeah, went had you know had had my uh, my favorite beer, the old Ponderosa IPA from the Prescott Brewing Company. Ah, uh, yes. Drove drove around and pointed at the houses that I lived in. Did you see any old high school buddies? Nope. How's my house nope. looking? Uh, it's looking the same. I saw they Mine's had, a- they tore down the shed that my dad built, which was sad. oh, that sucks. My uh, one of the houses I lived in had a, a garage added onto it. Actually, two of the houses that I that I hmm. lived in had garages added onto them since I lived in them. But your house looked pretty much the same. Mine, mine that was next door to yours was a different color. I can't imagine somebody in the year 2011 living in your house. Why is that? Because it it was a it's such a 70s thing. Like it was an A-frame. Yes, yeah, it was a not exactly design. A-frame, right? It was kind of barn shaped. Yeah. Yeah, but like it's very it's a it like uh, I don't know what like you would have to replace the wood paneling if you were going to live there in modern days, and I don't yeah. know what you'd replace it with. Um. Uh, Probably but, you know, drywall, or yeah, I guess. Granite. But then that would just seem that would just seem weird. It would be like you were in a racquetball court if it was just suddenly like a plain colored wall. Um, yeah, didn't uh, didn't really do anything besides eat and drink and wander around. Beam went there. to went to that uh, that sort of heritage museum downtown, the Charlotte Hall Museum. Hmm. I touched, learned a lot uh, about. Touched some of my first boobs at the Charlotte Hall Museum. Really? Yep. Well, how how did that happen? I went there with the naughty goth girl that I dated for a while. Hmm. After it was closed, and we like made out and touched boobies. Oh, did you like? Did you did you have to jump over a fence, or did they just let you wander around? Well, it was closed, but it's. I don't think it was surrounded by a fence. I think you could just walk in. I see. I think there there was a security guard somewhere, but. That never came into play. Well, or maybe that did come into play. He let you in because he thought he might get to look at some boobies. Yeah. Did you guys go into one of the uh, tiny log cabins to do your making out? No, I think we were just on a porch and uh, made out and took our shirts off and then a car came by and there were headlights and we freaked out. But uh, we must have been going at it for uh, 20 minutes or so, I guess. Yeah. Pleasant memories. Uh, I would recommend the the schoolhouse, uh, the the one room schoolhouse. I think there's a lot of uh, very comfortable wooden benches in there. Inside Fort Misery, uh, there there were some beds, some actual beds. You could have gone all the way, turned it into Fort Ecstasy. <laughs> Am I right? Hi. <laughs> um. There was a big exhibit about space and the universe and the formation of the Earth, uh, culminating in the formation of Prescott, Arizona. The epigee of all evolution. 
Yeah, and, and there were a lot of uh, dinosaurs. It's like stuffed dinosaurs for sale as a result of that exhibit. I, I don't know if they're just trying to... Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I bought a deck of uh, replica Old West playing cards. What's the, the difference are... between... Oh, the ones that are unusable because they don't have uh, indices in the corners? Uh, so, like, the five of spades is just a square-cornered card with five spades on it. Ah, uh, yeah, so not... Not particularly useful. Yeah, you just it t- you you gotta fidget with them a lot to see what your hand is. Yeah. Probably also fidgeting with your six shooter while you're doing it. Um, yeah, but that was it. Stopped at the uh, stopped at the pie place on the way home, but didn't have any pie. Was gonna have pie, but then I ate too much chili and cone bread. I do like eating cone bread, Mister Skullhead. You know, I ate my ate myself some chili and cone bread this evening. Really? Yep. What a coincidence. I think there's something crazy in the stars, Mr. Scullet. How about we work on a project for the last eight, nine years? Let's do it. Um, yeah, I don't think I have anything else to talk about at all. I while I was uh, while I was in the in the bar uh, one night, I went into the bathroom to take a leak, and. Uh, a hobo came in and dropped, I think, the foulest spelling deuce I've ever encountered. <laughs> um, and it was a like, it was one of those like, man, that the, if my deuce smelled like that, I would probably m- go to the doctor. But I mean, I guess as a hobo, you don't necessarily have insurance. But what are you gonna do? I don't know. Uh, uh, speaking well, of speaking of incredibly we? foul bowel movements, we watched uh, Bridesmaids. Oh yeah, yeah. Week. How'd and you feel about that? Yeah, I'm not saying that the movie itself was on par with an incredibly foul bowel movement, but that there is a scene that memorably involved yeah. that. I I thought it was fucking hilarious. Really? Yeah. Okay. And I, I, even I, while I, it was going like... on, I was thinking like this whole big scene set around people throwing up and having diarrhea is usually not the the kind of thing that I would laugh at, but it was just so funny. Well, because it was ladies. I wasn't sure how, like, if you had asked me how you were going to feel about that movie, I, I, I think I could have gone either way, because it's, it was, you know, in a lot of ways, the hangover, but with girls. Yeah. Or, yeah, or but- just any, you know, any random Seth Rogen movie, but with, you know, with, uh, Kristen Wiig instead of Seth Rogen. Right. Um, yeah, I thought you know it's pretty good. Had that had that Irish policeman. Um, Who's yeah. apparently in some TV show? Oh, I yeah, I don't know. I saw an episode of Downton Abbey, uh, which I have to admit uh, led me to sort of understand why so many of the people that I listen to uh, on Twitter are excited about Downton Abbey. Huh. Seems like a pretty good show. It's like uh, it's like a sort of just before World War One. Uh, you know, some rich British people. Uh, you know, it's 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 on PBS, but it's the got the got the structure of one of those HBO long form dramas. Hmm. You know, it was pretty good. Accents, dresses, the servants uh, talking about. There was some sort of. Uh, there was some sort of uh, kerfuffle about a stolen bottle of wine. Uh, it's got the woman who played uh, the Ma- Professor McGonagall. Is that her name? Yeah, Maggie Smith. But, 
Yeah, okay, yeah. She's in it as the dowager something. That dowager. I don't know what a dowager is, Mr. Skullhead. What's a dowager? Yeah, I have no idea. Somebody, okay, with, a, somebody with a dowry? No, okay. Uh, it's, it's like an old woman, always, right? And she has some kids, I think. It's like a widower. Uh-huh. Uh, I also watched, uh, speaking of uh, World War I uh, era British uh, things, I watched the new Sherlock Holmes movie. Did you enjoy that? I, I kind of did not. Huh. Um, I, I kept finding myself just sort of mind-wandering and thinking about work and stuff, huh. which, which happens to me when I'm bored with something. It doesn't have, you know, no matter how preoccupied I am with work, that doesn't happen to me if I'm watching a really awesome movie. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It, there was a lot of, there was a lot of fighting. There was a lot of gunfights, which is not what I wanted in a Sherlock Holmes. See, I thought there was only, I guess there were two sequences where they were running away from people with guns. Oh, you saw the new one? Yeah, I've seen it. There were there's the whole thing where they're running to the train, and that had me like the end scene of the first Matrix, where it's like stop being in slow motion and you'll be over so much faster. Like, right. It's not necessary for us to know exactly what's going on here. Just they're running for the train and shit's happening. You know, like shit's blowing up around them. You don't have to slow down and show us like, oh, that's what happened to that particular tree. I was I was. Concerned that that tree just blew up because a rabbit hit it going really fast. Turns out it was shot by a gun. There, there was, I you know there was the big gunfight on the train. Uh, It just seemed like everybody had guns all the time. Like the the when they go down into that basement in the winery, there's a bunch of gunfire. Um, there's like a sniper, you know, and it's like come on. Sherlock Holmes versus a sniper. Like, no. Just, like... But this is... I don't... But the whole point of the movie is it's at that changing of the times. Well, except when it's he's, not. He's right? It's not, right? I mean, it takes place the... 20 years before the level of technology that... that it, it, like, it's all anachronistic. In its context, even. And I feel like it, the first one... I don't remember that much about the first one. I, you know, I, I saw it in the theater. Um... But it struck me as more steampunky than like than like a World War One movie, uh-huh. right? And it, it just—I don't know, man. I, I yeah, it just—it didn't grab me. It didn't grab me. I you know, it was. It, I can't point to anything that was bad about it. Um, I think the the jumpsuit with the background of the room painted on it was a little stupid, right? But it wasn't terrible. I thought the the particular thing at the end was definitely a nod to the fact that people are either like a little stupider or a little less patient than they used to be. It could have ended on a cliffhanger. Yeah. And it didn't. But for the rest of it, yeah. yeah I rather enjoyed it, but I find these days if I go out and see a movie in a theater, odds are I'm going to enjoy it. It's just like... I'm an extremely friendly audience because I'm so happy to be there. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, I thought that I saw another movie that I wanted to talk to you about, but I don't remember. I, w- I watched part of Holes on TV in the hotel room. 
um, <laughs> and I watched part of the Karate Kid on TV in the in the hotel room, which was which was great. Of course, um, then you're talking about the new one with uh, Will Smith's kid, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, J Lo Smith. Yeah. Oh man, Beyonce had her baby. <laughs> oh, dude, why are we not just talking about that all the time? Yeah, um, I, I think that uh, the 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 celebrosphere is. Uh, agonizingly short on details about it yeah I don't think there's been a single picture of the baby which I I'm guessing looks exactly like every other baby ever right I hope that it just has Jay-Z's face the same size even right again Jay-Z's giant face like the eyes up on top of the head yeah so just kind of looking like Joe Camel pretty much because that's where Jay-Z lives yeah Jay-Z looks like Joe Camel to me, yeah. Oh, I don't have a uh, I don't have a good sense of what Jay Z looks like. I remember what Joe Campbell looks like though. That was my brand. Ever since they ever since they hooked me at the tender age of nine. <laughs> when did I start? Do you think like twenty? Do you 20. think that there is any merit at all to the argument that Joe Camel encouraged children to smoke? No. Yeah, because I, I don't can, think so either, and and that that seemed like a real deflection uh, on somebody's part. I kind but of, I, I kind of believe that all of the like fun flavor cigarettes might have helped, because making the initial smoking experience more pleasant means that people might be more apt to repeat it. Yeah. And that's true, like, I didn't get hooked until I found Turkish Silvers. Because they had, like, a sweetness to them that I liked. Yeah, yeah, they were, and they were a little, a little milder. Yeah. Uh, I just don't, you know, obviously something is causing fewer people to smoke cigarettes, right? Because yeah. it's, it's on a downturn, as far as I know, unless it's just not. But I don't know... Part of me doesn't want to believe that advertising cigarettes made people smoke cigarettes, but I guess it had to, right? Yeah. Across a population, I mean, because people drink Bud Light, and there's no reason for them to do so except the advertising. Yeah. That I can imagine, at least. Man, maybe we should just ban commercials for Bud Light. Yeah, should ban commercials for everything. Mm-hmm. Are there even beer commercials anymore? Are you still allowed to have a beer commercial? Uh, yeah. It has you are, to, but you can't show anyone drinking the beer? I don't know. I guess they can show them, like, toasting with the beer. You're not allowed to imply that the beer is a beverage. <laughs> right. Um, I know that when uh, when Adam Carolla uh, was making his movie The Hammer, he tried to get, uh, he tried to get Budweiser, Budweiser's approval for him to, like, drink a bunch of Budweiser during one scene but they would not allow their product to appear with any association with inebriety at all. And there's just a scene where he's like getting drunk looking through a photo album. Huh. So so he just drinks a, an 18 pack of Tecate while he looks through his photo album and gets progressively drunker instead of Budweiser. Um, yeah. Because Budweiser doesn't want the movie going audience to know that Budweiser will get you drunk. Yeah, because they don't want to imply that because it's not true. Yeah, <laughs> they'll get sued. Ah, uh, boy. Uh, well, should we get on to the questions, or is there anything else you'd like to talk about? 
Do you have any other media consumption experiences? How's, how are things going with the, uh, the comic book? The comic book, today I mailed the last of the domestic partners. Packages. And then um, tomorrow you'll mail the last of the famous international playboys. Exactly. So, yeah, all that's left are the international packages. There are about 200 of them, of which 60 of them are already packed. They just need to be posted. And so now I just have to deal with the, like figuring out what to do with customs for Croatia and Afghanistan and Czechoslovakia and Colombia. I don't know. Like there are a bunch for the UK, a bunch for Canada, a bunch for Australia, a shit ton for Australia, and uh, some for various Eastern Bloc. So that'll be the last of it. Doug is working on sketches right now. For the comic, but I just lost you. Hey. Hey. I was gonna say, hey, we didn't lose the streams, so I'm gonna restart the streams. Okay, we've restarted the streams. Hello, everyone. Hey. Cool. Thanks for that, internet. I'm going to. I have Dropbox's syncing stuff right now, and I'm going to tell it to stop doing that for now. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully that. Boy, is Dropbox help. fucking magical. Yes, it is. I think that it just sort of solves. Uh, there was, you know, I had thought of this a lot, and then uh, and then uh, uh, Randall Monroe uh, made his his comic about it. How weird it is that in the year of our Lord two thousand eleven, now two thousand twelve, that there still just isn't a good way to send someone a file on yeah. the internet. Yeah, definitely. Because like attaching it to an email, there's there's constraints on what you can do there. But I feel like Dropbox just sort of makes that. Uh, makes that happen magically yeah if you don't need it in a hurry because the only drawback is that it takes a little bit of time yeah to upload i i do find uh there are a lot of things in my life that have been made significantly easier by dropbox a lot of like oh i've got this thing on the laptop and i need to get it onto my desktop machine which is like 20 feet away but then i have to like walk over there get a hard drive plug it in make sure that it's you know, make sure that it's done updating the file before I unplug the hard drive because there's no visual indicator that I'm not going to break that. Right. Uh, and then walk over there and do the whole process again. But Dropbox, just pop it in, pop it out. Easy as that. Quick as a wink. Wet your whistle. Quick as a wink and a whistle. Yeah, we've started to use that for, for uh, recording a family hot dog. Before, we were recording it at Matt's house and then... He would burn it onto a DVD-ROM, and then I would take it home and mix it. But now he can just stick it in the Dropbox, and it beats us home. It is uh, it is not quite to the point where I can do that with our recordings, because they end up being, uh, with the multiple tracks, like, uh, a recording of video games hot dog ends up being, like, maybe two and a half gigs huh. of uncompressed audio. Um which I could probably compress, you know, I could probably send it as MP3s rather than waves, but that's just what I recorded in the editor, and that's what it—that's what the editor wants. And the editor wants what the editor gets. I mean, gets what the editor gets, what the editor wants. <laughs> the editor wants and gets the same thing. You work out your own. He likes what he gets, direction. and he gets what he likes. Uh, the editor does not. Uh, uh, sorry. The editor is not with the one he loves, but he does love the one he's with. Mm -hmm. But he sends it out to the one he loves and the one he left behind. Right. Um, 
it's the one the editor wants. The one the editor wants wants. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Honey. Uh, well, should we, uh, should we questions? I don't yeah. think we're in any real danger of running out of questions before the end of the show. All right, let's get in there. How about, uh, how about a radio bug bear? Bar um, Pobblebunk wrote a while back, can we have a turn it all in button for the frat slash hippie camps? Please, please, please. Wait, that, the please, please, please might have been about the next question. Um, you know, that is one of many interfaces that I'm sure could have, uh, some improvements made to it if there wasn't anything else more pressing to work on. Um, yeah. I'm guessing that there are more happiness-inducing ways that we could spend our time than that. Yeah, that's no excuse. Prioritizing things is weird. I was thinking about it when I was reading that fucking god-awful why doesn't Jick care about PvP people thread <laughs> in the forums. Huh. Where good old Casey Wiederman tried to stick up for us and then everybody was like fuck you liar fuck you and your lying lies you fucking liar that's what they said to Casey Wiederman and I was like oh but Casey Wiederman's nice anyway um black pepper in the black market make it cost as much as you want just please let me stop killing all these spiders but killing spiders is awesome you know what you do in a video game you kill spiders yep like that limbo game play some limbo and then you'll hate spiders and then you'll want to kill more spiders get bitten in the real world by a black widow and then see how many spiders you can kill in the black forest before uh, the the sweet embrace of death overtakes you wouldn't the Uh, I mean unless you're a midget or a child wouldn't you just kind of get sick and be okay oh I have no idea a midget are midgets especially susceptible to black widows? I was just imagining like a midget is roughly the size of a child. Mm. You know, I have to imagine that black widows, like all of God's creatures, hate a midget, and so they would probably <laughs> bite it multiple times. They would they would holler. Black uh, widows are not normally social hunters, but they would actually holler for all of their buddies. Hey, come over here and help me kill this fucking midget. My. Yeah, boy, those those, those spiders and everything else are real dicks. Uh, Vangion Q. I was just talking about uh, Crimbo still being there. Yeah, I uh, decided that I was going to pull Crimbo Town back on that night, and then uh, instead of sticking around for rollover, I just went out to dinner because I totally spaced it. And then when I got back from dinner, CD Moyer had uh, had pulled it back for me, which I very much appreciate. Vladimir Jones writes, My method of naming familiars is as follows. Step one, accrue many default named familiars. Step two, get really drunk. Step three, rename all default named familiars. Step four, forget why the hell I named my cuttlefish Balthazar I'm a Cephalopod J. My question here is, do you guys have any particular systems for naming your familiars? Um, I always sort of test them uh, with the default names. Well, here's what I do. Uh, my default process for naming a familiar. I code up a familiar uh, associate the familiar uh, table row with its larval item uh, go to find the larval item not remember what section familiar larvae go into uh, find that I just have forgotten to give myself one I give myself one I use it it gives it a default name and I think man those default names suck I should really I should really stop I, I should change that so that it stops naming familiars Tot or Got, because uh-huh. those are terrible names. Um, but Tort and Gort are awesome. Yeah. 
Torta and Gorge are fine, but Tot and Got are, are just like, like, that just seems, like, that's, you know, that's not a name, that's a word. I, even Trot is okay, but Trort is funnier. Um, anyway, and then I think, well, you know, what would be cool is to give uh, this, uh, give this familiar uh, specific name generator, because that's, I, I went to the trouble of generalizing that code so that we can make it so, you know, familiars get their own funny names when you put them, uh, when you put them into... A uh, in in this terrarium, uh, but then I and then I don't ever do that. I think there are only like four familiars that use that code. Hmm. Uh, one of them is that like Clockwork Grapefruits always get named six six five five three two one. Huh. Um, and uh, I forget what I was reading recently that I encountered that number, which was just it made me happy. That to see somebody else doing the just sort of like oh I need I need some number I'll just make it an homage to a Clockwork Orange, or I guess it could have just been when you're coming up with a random number that's one that you're likely to come up with. It could be. It's like a simultaneous discovery. Egg when we make our Jean Valjean familiar, we'll have it be automatically named two four six zero one. Okay, uh, that's from Les Misérables. Yes, from Oui Oui Monsieur from Les Misérables. 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 I've never been able to. I've never been able to do my R's in my throat the way that you have to in French. Did I tell you that we went to see the stage show of Les Misérables? I did not. Arab. I don't know anything about Les Misérables. Uh, it is an extremely difficult book to read, and I read it. I read like three quarters of it, and then there was an entire chapter on mining. When you say book, do you mean like novel or like a book in the in this in the play? No, sense? novel. the The novel is incredibly difficult to read. Okay, but uh, I've liked the music from the musical since I was like twelve, but okay. I've never seen it live. And then we ever since ever since you discovered see it live, and it was pretty awesome. What's it about? Uh, so this guy, Jean Valjean, gets sentenced to prison for five years for stealing a loaf of bread to feed his family, and he tries to run away and ends up being in prison for 20 years and gets out as this kind of hardened criminal and convinced the world is out to get him and has a change of heart and helps people. And meanwhile, there's like a failed revolution in France and a bunch of people get killed. And Okay. It's a love story. Is Jean Valjean just like... I mean, like Dick Dickerson or something. I mean, it, it, is it just like an alliterative name? Yeah, he's just nobody else has a name like that in the entire thing. Jean okay. Valjean, like John Johnson, Pierre Le Pierre. Right. Um. Uh. What a. Uh, I don't know any other uh, any other French names. <laughs> Oh, to, to leap into the uh, why doesn't Jake care about BBP people thread I was actually on the fence about whether I liked Magical Muffin Top or not and so uh-huh. we, we had that whole back and forth about the uh, trolley pop and it's like I can't tell if that person is being like sarcastic and funny or just kind of a dick and uh, boy does Magical Muffin Top ever make me sad in that thread yeah, I, I can't tell if this was really serious. Yeah, the the tone of the initial post, you can't really tell. Like, I don't, you know, I don't care about that. It's the it's the people piling on Casey for seemingly no reason that really upset me. Yeah, that whole like, you know, no, you lied. Like, no, it was clearly generalizing. Yeah, I mean, this was just like a. <laughs> by which you mean you fucking lied. 
I thought you were exaggerating, but then I, I just read it through, and nope, that is entirely what people are saying. Yeah. Uh, don't. Uh, don't go breaking my heart, magical muffin top. Huh. So Anagram just sent me a private message, uh, which is not a way to get me to read things on the radio in general, but in this case I'm going to because Anagram writes, so hey, do you ever get like smashed and draw art for the game? And uh, no, no. I, I have written I've written code while drinking. Um, and you know, I've done some implementation and some writing while drinking, but I don't think that I don't think that drawing while drinking would work right. You take that fairly seriously. It seems yeah. like it, you're you're concerned that it look right. Consistent, yeah. I mean, and and I think that people, it's it's easy to look at it and dismiss it as like, and you know, and and it's 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 apparently really easy because people do it all the time, and it and it shouldn't uh, it shouldn't sting, but you know, like I oh check out this game. It just has shitty stick figure art. It's like. Oh, come on. It has exquisite stick figure art, you fuckers. Um, yeah, it's weird. I, one thing that I've noticed uh, as, I, as I get older, uh, well, actually, maybe it's just as I, as I uh, eat less, is the correspondence here. That If I come in in the morning and I haven't had breakfast, I find it really difficult to, like, my hands are too shaky to draw. Huh. So I have to, I have to like, go eat something so that that stops. So I'll, I'll do the drawing after lunch. Um, let's see. Oh, so anyway, to finish this familiar naming thing, uh, eventually I go through and uh, just name all of the default named familiars something. Right. Like, I try to, like, I think of the obvious joke, and then I try to move a couple steps beyond that. Uh, and it often just turns into a non sequitur to anyone who isn't me. Mine are all named after players. Oh, okay. That started a whole long time ago and has continued. So they're mostly named after currently inactive players. Sure. But uh, they all have, like, a reason to be named. Like, the, the star starfish was xenophobe because okay. he's an asshole. Okay. It, as a joke, you know, the, the ancient sure. Yuletide troll was ex-Smoodax. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, I envy people who have systems for that, you know. Like Riff just names them all Spartacus, uh, and Marshall names them all anagrams of the the type of familiar that it is. Um, someday, someday we're going to make a familiar that he can't do that with. Uh huh. You know, like the it, we'll make a familiar that's just an emu. Although I don't think that I would ever do that. The emu and the gnu are 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 the kumquat of the animal world. Yeah, and if we made it the if we made a gnu, they could just name it Gun. Well, okay, yeah, sure. Or Nug. Yeah, right. All right. Yeah, the it's dank the dankest gnu. familiar. <laughs> the dank gnu. That's what we're going to do for the content familiar. <laughs> okay, that's actually pretty funny. Um, yeah, I can imagine that coming up in a context where it would end up actually happening. <laughs> I'm going to start releasing things under the dank gnu public license. Oh, right on, dude. Yeah, you can share this with anybody as long as you're stoned, <laughs> dude. Uh, type login writes: No, you help feed the elves candy and defeat the big candy Franco Crimbo thing and the other accomplishments. Yeah, you know, every time I think about something that needs to go on that as a result of something in the permaflag table, it turns into that project that desperately needs done on the back end of 
putting all of the stuff that really should be aligned in other accomplishments in other accomplishments and then clearing out probably three quarters of the space in the permaflags table well no i guess we couldn't then because then the accomplishment line would disappear one or the other um there are a lot of permaflags left over from old events that don't need to be there anymore as, as part of the deal um and there's also like another place that we can put those things so that they don't have to not that it's even that big of a deal our database servers have so many pants now i guess this week i'm finally gonna have to do what Geff wants me to do and go install the new web servers at the data center. I've been putting it off just because it's like, eh, I drive all the way down there and plug shit into shit. And it's like, this one I, I know that I'm going to get down there and there's going to be no space in the switches for me to plug the network cables into. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know, we could just remove the machines that are dying, I guess, but that's not a quick process. Um. Yeah, Sharpies of Sharp says, "Why is there a limit on the glasses of warm water that I can use? Uh, because that thing is annoying." Right. Um. Yeah, it's not like it's not like an awesome thing that I wanted to be unlimited, like the jaw bruiser. Exactly, it's nowhere near as awesome slash annoying ratio. I mean, I guess it's kind of the same as popcorn. <laughs> um, although popcorn, you can only do to yourself. I don't know. Anything we let people do to each other uh, eventually gets uh, gets characterized as being exactly the same as rape on the forums. Uh, and so I just wanted to make sure that you could only rape a, a small fixed number of people per day. Right. Like in real life. Furtive Muffin says, yeah, well, you got the refractory period and, and you know, you got to you got to lay low for a little while to get the to get the fuzz off your tail. Getting the, getting the fuzz off your tail sounds gross. Sounds like you need to pick your uh, rape partners more carefully. <laughs> Partner. <laughs> I really just said that, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Furtive Muffin says, Well, crap. I think I forgot to click the open presence button in Crimbo Town. Are they gone forever, or did they just go somewhere hidden and I can't find them? The latter, and I believe C.D. Moyer also took care of that. Um, which is cool. Thanks, CD Moyer. Escalator Vibes writes, would you listen to my band's demo and play it if you like it? You should. I hope. It's big time, really. Uh, sure. Uh, I'm going to say that on Mr. Skullhead's behalf. You don't do your music show anymore, do you? I don't. I'm not for a while. I need... How's, uh, how's the radio station doing in general? Do you have a sense? I know that there's been some sort of, uh, uh, like... There was personnel a... shift? Yeah, there was a changing of the guards for who's doing the scheduling. So that's changed. Okay. I uh, I'm not sure. I you know I think generally there are thirty or so people listening, where at the heyday there would be a hundred. Yeah. Okay. That's not so bad. But yeah, people are still doing it. Their DJs are still cycling in and out. And yeah. Seems seems to be going all right. Cool. Uh, Stithrell says, "Did you guys have a karma per day number in mind when you revamped Ascension?" No, not really. Um, I just sort of, you know, the idea was that people would get stuff at about the rate that they were getting stuff, or a little faster, and that I would let the sort of market determine what that rate was, uh, because I didn't know I, I didn't know what it was like for the average person before. 
so um, you know it, it was it was I think similar in pacing although you know people get their hardcore skills a lot faster now because you can mm-hmm. you can play softcore for a while and then jump into hardcore without feeling like you wasted all of the skills that you permed in softcore um but yeah, no, no, there wasn't. There wasn't like a, we didn't have some metric that we were trying to reach. We sometimes we operate like that, but usually it's just kind of seat of the pants. It's seat of the pants on the important stuff. We will overthink the shit out of something that nobody really cares about. Exactly. Warp Bay says, "What was the rationale for making the Moon Thrill Queeros unequipable in hardcore?" I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that was a deliberate decision or not I will I will check with the lads uh, maybe somebody in dev is listening to the radio and will explain it to me right now but probably not the Tristera says are the in game bottles of Jepson's Malort consumed on use based on the drinking text it looks like you can only drink from it once but it remains in inventory is that correct yeah it is um, that was kind of an experiment I don't know how many of those actually made it out I could probably check in fact why don't I uh, where is that thing? That thing is in here. Uh, let's see. Wow, only uh, only a dozen of them. Wonder how many people have. I wonder how many people have consumed it. I could. Uh, that's harder to check. But uh, huh. It was, uh, it's always depressing when like you know we we did the like uh, the Gen Con freebie bag thing and we printed out thirty thousand of these codes and then like a fraction of a percent of them get redeemed. Yeah. But, you know, it it has gotten some people playing. Did I tell you about when we went to the post office and dropped some stuff off? The guy behind the counter at the post office recognized my shirt and was like, oh yeah, I started playing because of the, this card I found in my swag bag at Gen Con. Oh, wow. Like, That's weird. And he just works at the post office. It's like a block from the office. Um, so yeah, that made it all worth it. We that Gen Con thing was a clusterfuck because we didn't realize. We're like, oh yeah, we'll print out twenty or you know thirty thousand of these index cards, and then fuck, spend like nine hundred dollars shipping it yeah. because it's turns out that's heavy. Oh, did you uh, get the? the uh, did you get the box of comics that I mailed you? Um, no, but I haven't been in the office since Friday. Okay, that should be there sooner or later, and as, as soon as you get it, you could you can put them up in the store. Nice. I will do it. I'll take a picture of it. It'll take a picture. Maybe uh, the picture of that comic in the store will be a picture of me wearing nothing but an issue of that comic. Sweet. I really wish now that I had sent you the supersized version. Oh. Uh, well, what I'll do is I will I will actually cut all the pages out of it and fashion it into a suit like a David Byrne. Oh, yeah. Uh, Linguiti Lad wrote, The jar full of wind looks like a jar full of bacon. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, okay, so I beat the thing with no name. Is it possible for me to get multiple copies of the Avarice Stone? Or can I only get one of each until I use them up? I can't farm more. I believe that that is the case. I don't know that that was a deliberate decision, but... It, it was, it, but it was my decision, so it's one well, that can be over overridden. That yeah, probably once- not easily, because the, because that's a thing where sometimes that having that thing drop advances the the quest in a meaningful way and sometimes it doesn't um yeah i don't i I don't know i'm I'm assuming that it would be non-trivial to make it so that you could and you know it's it's 
fine. That seems reasonable. Um, <clears throat> Hedgy Man says, is Jake going to fix the problem with donation? Money is being accepted, but no mysteries are being distributed. I'm assuming that that was just a problem with your particular donation, because that is definitely not having, happening to everybody, or I would have heard about it before this. Um, if something, you know, as always, if something goes wrong with the donation, just file a bug report, and there's a specific thing that uh, in the dropdown that's like donation problem, and then it'll prompt you for the information that we need to be able to track it, and we can take care of it. Almost always the following business day. Um, Vortex Chicken Zvi says, I have a question. Will there be new seasonal ascension paths this year? Boy, will there, and how? And if you know how, let us know. Uh, Stetherell says, bug or feature? Old scratch removes timers. Uh, that's probably a bug. Um, Clarinet says, would it be possible to have an option to display the known clipart recipes in a list in the manner of the discoveries page rather than the messy way they are now? Yeah, maybe. I'm assuming that that was done hastily uh, because we... That, I think that item of the month came out more or less on time. Um... Maybe not though. I could be. I could just be looking on the past with rose-colored glasses. Uh, Morris says, "What does the fortunate resolve buff do from the Librum of Resolutions? Why it makes you more fortunate, of course." Uh huh. Yes. Uh, stuff says the be more adventurous resolution seems like the closest you've ever come to selling adventures. I think this is perfectly okay, but what prompted you to make this leap? Well, no, it, it isn't any closer to selling adventures than the stomping boots were, right? Or whatever. I mean, it, it, the 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 resolution that gives you the adventures is tradable, so you don't have to get it from a Librem. You don't. You can get it from the mall just as easily. Uh, Viking Thunder says, "Will there ever be a familiar based off the iPad or equipment based off of Apple products?" Sure. Yeah, uh, the shitty keyboard offhand. Uh, you'll fight a monster the, the one buttoned mouse it's a mouse wearing a sweet suit but the suit is totally shitty and not good for anything because it only has one button yeah it's funny my like I'm continually reminded of the like abject rage that I spit about the iPad when it came out but after the iPad 2 came out that rage just kind of dissipated. It's like, okay, well, they took the thing, they made it twice as powerful and added some shit and kept the price the same. Like, it's still maybe not f exactly for me, but I can see why people would buy it. Yeah, I mean... But the first I, one, like, I understand that the first one, I really did just punch people in the face for wanting one. So I can understand why people go, hey, iPad, Scully, iPad. Yeah, it's, like, it's time fuck for your you, annual fuck iPad you rant. Standing up and lying down and sideways. I, I, you know, I probably defended it more, uh, more vigorously than I than I would have under normal circumstances. I, I think that. Well, yeah, you told me I was a terrible father because I didn't yeah. like an iPad, and uh, I understand now that you were correct. <laughs> I, I, I think if it were not for the uh, really astoundingly useful business purposes that we put it to I would probably never use it hmm. um, every once in a while there will be a game that comes out on the iPad that I want to play and I will buy it and I will play it until I'm done playing it but then like I don't know like even for browsing the web I would rather use my phone than the iPad and my phone is always already with me whenever I'm somewhere away from a computer and want the web 
So I um, do so much with uh, having a, a new smart a new smartphone now. <laughs> having a snoo snoo smartphone now. I can no, do a smartphone that dispenses camel snooze whenever you want it. Ah, it's great. I and uh, a beautiful cartoon guide to make it appealing to Ollie too. But uh, like I do so much of my web browsing on the phone that I can see if I had a tablet, I wouldn't need a laptop anymore. Cuz it's yeah. only ever just wow, I want to see that on a bigger screen or this will be a lot easier to to manage on a bigger screen. But it's never like I really need a keyboard when I'm using the, my laptop. Yeah, and stuff, so. it wouldn't. I mean, because I because I use my laptop as my primary computer when I'm traveling, which is a lot of the time, and because I use it in the studio so that I don't have to have the microphones set up in a room where there are other people and a bunch of things making noise. I could not do away with a laptop, um, but. I don't know. You know, my like my girlfriend watches Netflix on the iPad like all the time, and it's like okay, I I can see that. Like I would, I guess if I was like there where the iPad was, I would rather watch Netflix on that than on my phone just because it's bigger and the speaker is louder. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I did watch uh, an I entire don't... movie on my phone for the first time. While signing, oh yeah, like one that you autograph. installed on it or one that you Netflixed through Netflix and it was Netflix over 4G and was still just gorgeous like it looked better than when I went and watched some of it later on my huge TV do you have uh, unlimited data yes yeah oh uh, hey do you want to take a break a break certainly Uh, we got like 14 minutes and 45 seconds of music tonight okay and we're back Hey, how's it going? It's good. I drank an entire glass of water. I am slowly drinking a glass of wine that contains an entire half bottle of wine. And so, uh, actually, when I stood up, I was feeling it a little bit. Huh, what kind of glass do you have that's that big? It's just a regular wine glass, but you're not supposed to fill a wine glass all the way up. But the, the, the wine that was left over from having people over for dinner filled the glass halfway up. Or filled the glass all the way up from a half empty or full bottle so mm. I don't usually drink wine I don't always drink wine but when I do I get kind of fucked up on it yeah I know it's good for you and it's supposed to be one of those things that there's a lot of different kinds of it and there's a lot of things to know about it okay. and uh, yeah I don't know I think I kind of had one of those things happen where like do you ever I don't know if you have anything like this but uh, where you eat something and then get sick and so you uh, you then are like your brain very much doesn't want you to eat that again, right? Even though you might consciously know that that's not what made you sick. Um, I think during a period of time, there was a period of time where I was drinking a lot of wine and having a lot of really, really horrible heartburn, mm. and I was just like, "All right, I'm swearing off wine, I'm swearing off red wine." I didn't have to swear off white wine because that shit is gross, and I would never drink it on purpose. One glass of champagne at New Year's, and that's all the white wine that I need. Yeah, I didn't drink any champagne on New Year's. Oh, yeah? I just, I don't like it, so I'd rather just drink a a beer or some scotch and then a beer and then another beer, some scotch. Yeah, I I have champagne when when tradition calls for it, you know, if, if someone hands me a flute of it. Yeah. Earlier today, the phrase, uh, 
fluted colon uh, got got into my head somehow. Oh my! It lets you poop really fast. You get some you get some serious muzzle velocity. <laughs> um, Gore-Tex says first, thanks for the fudging awesome crimbo. Yeah, yeah. Second, any idea just how much candy was sunk during the event? Are you able to query how many pieces existed prior and after? No, uh, not meaningfully. Um, uh, you know, I mean, we could spot check certain things, but uh, it since you could just buy candy at NPC stores, there's really no telling. I guess we could. I'm not even sure because so, some of that stuff was stored in a kind of a zero sum way where if like you turned in some candy credits it would give you some and then if you spent them it would take them away so somebody who got a million and spent a million had the exact same amount as far as we know as somebody who got 10 and spent 10 um. oh let's see uh, Sako says why isn't the chef staff mechanic more prominently featured in the main quest so that missed players learn how to play the class as intended make the ingredients things that fall on your lap during the quest but weaker than their current counterparts example a staff from the level 8 quest could be made from a stick given to missed classes uh, uh, soup bone was a step in the right direction but impossible for a first time player and requires knowledge of the value of chef staves and preparation to attain uh, thoughts personally I think that even a couple such quest staves would go a long way towards making missed classes more newbie friendly yeah that's probably true um you know, be, because it wasn't a core mechanic when the quest lines were made in the first place. Like, it just, you know, it was a thing that was always in my vision of what, you know, it was always like, oh, oh sure. So there's swords for muscle classes, crossbows for moxie classes, and staves for wizard classes. But then the staves never really did anything right. for wizards. Um, I mean, pasta mancers and sauce masters. Um, yeah, you know. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Good idea. Uh, okay. Uh, Prehensile DNA says, you guys have any New Year's resolutions you want to share? I've never really been much of a New Year's resolution guy. Yeah. Me neither. I, you know, as I've gotten older, I've become less and less of a saying out loud when I want to do something guy. Because, you know... Uh, and I uh, like what is uh, uh, men make plans and the gods laugh right you know and and it's also like I, I think that there are people and, and I think a lot of people are like this where they will say they will tell all their friends alright I am quitting smoking after this after this pack and they make a big deal out of it, saying that they're quitting smoking and thinking that the fact that they've said it out loud will like shame them into sticking to it when they normally wouldn't and I think that in my experience, other people being aware of your failure is never the thing that tips you towards failure. Right. Um, and so, I don't know. I don't think I told anybody when I finally quit smoking for real. There were several times when I told people I was going to quit smoking and then proceeded to didn't quit smoking. You did, uh, when I noticed you weren't smoking, you said, yeah, I've just decided not to smoke for now and later I'll probably decide to smoke again. And yeah. that, like, that's the way my mind works, too. If I make too big of a deal out of it, then it, se- it freaks me out enough that it's doomed to fail. And just like, okay, I'm having a kid now, I'm going to quit smoking. But, you know, I can always start up again if I really need to. And that makes me quit way more than, like, I can just never do this again. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I, although I am at the point where I think that I will probably never smoke a cigarette again. Like, I, I just don't think that I should, and I don't want to bad enough that I ever will. Uh-huh. And I think because it's it's never any good, right? Even if you go, like, a couple of months without smoking cigarettes, the first one's terrible. And, you know, it'd be like uh, so I would just end up getting drunk and smoking three or four, and then just the next time I got drunk, I would want to smoke three or four, and then it just... I, I think that I do at this point have to just not ever do that again and that's okay you know like I, I I'm still addicted to nicotine I think and I and I just take it in a less statistically harmful form and uh, I am okay with that I will still occasionally like the wife and I went out for an evening at a bar on Friday night for like an alumni meeting for her high school and we ended up talking with a couple the whole night who were smokers and so we each had a cigarette and like I absolutely enjoyed that cigarette and I didn't have another one and that was fine really you don't find that it, like I find it impossible to like not just have coughing fits although I guess you smoke in the hookah you're a little accustomed to inhaling. I smoked a hookah over Christmas and uh, even inhaling that was really unpleasant huh yeah I don't know I don't know what the deal was I, I just found my, my breath hitching for a while after that when I would try to take a deep breath. I'm like, yeah, wow, this sucks. I'm not doing this anymore. I don't know what the fuck. I used to be such a badass, Mr. Scullet. I used to smoke so many cigarettes. Yeah, you were so cool. I know. I would stand there and I would, like, lean against a thing with one of my feet on it. Yeah. And I would smoke a cigarette and I had, like, a leather jacket and a cool haircut. <laughs> I've never had a cool haircut. I've never right. once had a cool haircut in my life. Uh, let's see. Elfin says uh, something from the forum uh, sign-up anti-robot questions. I hope that's old, though, because I think I got rid of that. I replaced those with less uh, less uh, KOL-specific and with less crazy long answers. Uh, questions. Uh, Fineldor says, on the subject of burning down the Naughty Sorcerer's Quest, I would like to say that I actually enjoy the quest as is, and that's not just me being an old man in the woods who's afraid of change. You say it's bad because it's so unlike everything else in the game, but I thought that's what made it fun. Having it like the rest of the game, especially with your current kick of making everything simple to beat by just clicking through, not attacking you for these changes, turns it from a cool endgame thing to a quest that just happens to be at the end of the game. I kind of like how it's a culmination of all your skills and knowledge from the rest of that game. Not saying that that quest is sacrosanct and that you can't change it, I just think it's better to have it a little different and interesting. Um... And he continues, on the subject of the gates, he said you wanted to make the gates into a thing that says, go to the altar of finding things on top of Mount McLarge or whatever. Then you get the buff you need to keep with your current design decisions being a slow, easy way and a trick if you know it. I think that's cool, but should still be a little more oblique than saying where to go. Yeah, I mean, I think I just disagree with you there, Fineldar. Um, it, was, it was fine when we did it, but it relied on a breadth of knowledge that is no longer possible uh, because of the size and and just sort of like many tendrilled nature of the game. Um, you know, it's it, it's not going to be b- bad. We're not going to we're not going to make it bad, right? Like right. Uh, this is also with your current goal of making every quest click 50 times until you win or use the old way as a trick to do it faster how do you feel about people who will never find out about the old ways and might think the game has less to it than it does I I don't know that I believe that that's a person like 
I don't know that there's somebody who's like, ah, oh, this this quest was so this was too simple. I think there are a lot of people who, because they don't find out about the trick, they never find out that the game has a lot to it because they just quit playing. Hmm. And so they never find out that there's a quest after this one because they never figured out to go to the hermit to get the rims or whatever. Um, yeah. Yep. 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 Um, no, I mean, I, you know, I get, I get that people are resistant to change, and I get that not every criticism of change is fear of change. Like, you know, you, you needn't, you needn't worry about it. And I definitely appreciate you uh, expressing this. Um, I know it's. Uh, he says, I know it's kind of uh, long and not really a question. I just feel you're incompetent game designers, and it's my duty as a player who is vastly more qualified than you to tell you what to do. Yeah. Um, Bloody Knuckle says, is it currently possible to get an extra accessory slot from Little Canadia? No. Uh, I was just trying to come up with with anything that would allow Little Canadia to compete with uh, the muscle signs now, and uh, that was an idea that I had that's super overpowered. Uh, Damien117 says, is there a reason why custom chat macros can't be nested? E.g., I want a closet all macro, which looks like closet one and closet two and closet three. I think because it wasn't trivial to prevent infinite loops uh, we just decided not to let macros contain other macros as a as a stopgap measure, which, you know, our stopgap measures end up lasting forever. Uh, Corel writes, can we get a hint as to what the bonus luck buff functionality does? Or if you want, you can just tell us. Uh, it gives you additional luck. And then Alfredo Boyardee says, what's higher on your priority list? Revamping PvP or finishing the Sea Monkey quest? I don't know, Mr. Skullhead, look at the priority list. It uh, looks like revamping PvP. Those are parallel uh, parallel tracks on the thing that we have that passes as a priority list, which is the list of things that I wanted to finish last year. Um, I am guessing that C work will be done before PvP work. Uh, C becomes comes before P and V in the alphabet. Maybe we should just start prioritizing things alphabetically. Um, first up is uh, revamping all the aardvarks. <laughs> and then the abacuses. Uh, Metal Mickey says, is there or will there be a trophy from the trendy challenge path? And if so, will it have anything to do with trendiness or hipster slash retro theme? I don't think so. I don't, th- you know, challenge paths don't need trophies. It's not a, it's not a necessary feature. Uh, let's see. Warbaton wrote us some haikus. Lightly says, where did you get the idea to make a version of Hades based off of Dr. Seuss? Where did you get that idea, Mr. Skullhead? I think we were talking about Dante's Inferno in Dev. And somebody said something about maybe you should do a Dr. Seuss zone instead. And I went, oh, of course, Rhyming Demons, Dr. Seuss. That makes perfect sense. We've been like the Inferno thing always comes up in uh, in the the sort of annual what are we going to make a content familiar about yeah thing um, and I don't know the last couple times it's like ah let's stay away from that because we've done a hell thing recently yeah uh, and we've done the Van Hell thing familiar yes indeed we have you know, he killed no Throthuth. Um. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I like the con. Uh, yeah. Oh, 
Yeah, and then Sleepy One says, Infinite Loops. Ah, uh, still seven undiscovered trophies? Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, the Gap in the Plot says, I know you've dis- discussed a possible auction house to be implemented, but have you thought about Im- implementing something more akin to an exchange where not only can you offer things up for sale, but you can also bid on things that you want to buy? The anti-mall is born. For example, I want to buy a Mr. A at $9 million. I place a bid in the anti-mall, find somebody willing to sell their Mr. A quickly. No, then somebody willing to sell their Mr. A quickly could click on my anti-store and sell to me. Instead of putting items in my store with the potential to get other people's meat for them, I put meat in my anti-store with the potential to get other people's items for them. Um... Searching it returns a list of the highest prices that people are willing to pay for your item. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, wait, of course the house takes a 0.1% cut because we all know what you hate about the mall. I don't know. What do you think about the idea of buy orders? That's kind of interesting. I don't know if any of that you know, really it, needs to change, but... Yeah. It has it has the, the problem that a lot of things have interface-wise that... Uh, that bugs me a lot, which is that there's not a good way to do that without just showing you a list of every tradable item in the game. Hmm. Because if you want to put in a buy order for something that you don't already have or something that isn't in the mall, which I think you probably would, right? People would frequently want to put in a buy order for something that wasn't in the mall. I mean, which I guess we could... You'd have to maybe maybe it'd be a thing that you could do from the item description. Uh, say put in a buy order for this item, so you could look at it in somebody's display case or something. Um, but yeah, so I mean that's a that is a you know not not a sort of crippling uh, thorn in in the side of that implementation, but it's but it's non trivial. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, just seeing like, I wonder how I wonder how that would affect the economy. Because really, it's just like, kind of takes the place of trade, right? Because you could yeah. just do that in trade. You could just sit in trade saying, "I'm willing to pay X for a Y," and if somebody is paying attention at the time and they have one to sell you, they'll do it. But I, you know, having it be asynchronous means that it will just happen way more. Um. Ethereal Oblivion says, It is perfectly possible to enjoy this game without spending significant amounts of outside resources. I most, insert, I most certainly have and just got to celebrate my fifth year. However, I've never really been able to convince any of my friends to play with me. The main issue seems to be that my friend CKOL is funny, but ultimately cash shop based game, where the cash shop items are too central. If I had to guess, they seem to like things like the cute but trivial cash shop WoW pets, League of Legends skins, etc. Would you have any thoughts on perhaps a good way to promote KOL to these sorts of people? Well, I mean, you just have to tell them that it's not really like that. Right, I mean, I, I think that a lot of people see the model that we use and they assume that it's going to be like the same model used in more recent games that they don't like. And, you know, there's... Eh. The reason that you know that we're not like cash-grabby pricks is because you know us and you trust us, right? And there's not really... You can't like, oh, how do I... How can I put on the front page a thing that will let people know that we're trustworthy? <laughs> like... Yeah. It just quickly becomes a thing that won't ever work again. Uh, oh, and I guess another question would be, we've seen the reintroduction of the functionality of several items of the month. Will we ever see the equipment on par, or the return of equipment on par with the Tam O'Shanter, Maypole, and Jekyll and Hyde belt, or are farming items now a big no-no? You know, we're reluctant to do items in general just because we sell so few of them, and we're cash grubby assholes. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's it's hard it seems like 
in order to replace that functionality, we would have to replace it with something that was just strictly better or like no one would be interested in it. Um, you know, and those were all in like the first year of Mr. Store, right? That was in, that was when Mr. Store was sort of fine in its legs. And now it's just trying to find new legs every month that aren't going to collapse under the weight of all of the work that it requires. Exactly. Uh, finally, is there a reason that items such as cold hots, senior mints, and winter fresh mints can neither be discarded nor auto-sold? I don't know, actually. Um, Casey Wiederman says, If your to-do list and obligations are muted, waived, absolved, then what do you work on? Uh, super Meteoid. <laughs> Jackass Plumber. Space Trip 2. Um... Poncho the Saiyan says, I'm not going to bother with PvP questions. I'm smarter than that. Uh, it made sense at the time because of cola farmers, but why isn't the rift open slightly longer than just level 5? The monsters are too high for a bad moon character or a new player with limited skills. The rewards are too low for a player with tons of skills to bother. Can it be either revamped completely or open for a longer period of time? In 2012, there's certainly nothing game-breaking there. In 2005, there was a shortage of cheap MP restores, but that certainly isn't the case now. No, I, I like it. Um... I don't know. He says, uh, Pantsless says that a bad moon character can beat it, and then uh, uh, Pancho argues that it is. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, real question, says the postmodernist. What prompted the decision to make stockings and crimbo items simply disappear at rollover instead of auto-dumping them into inventory? Well, uh, not we just didn't do those two things at the same time. Um... Man, I said that we weren't in any danger of running out of questions completely, but I'm... Mr. Skullhead. We Pump. winding down. Did we could check the twatter? Pump the break. No, we're not winding. There's still a ton of questions, but there's. I was looking down, expecting the show to be almost over, and there's still 30 entire minutes left. That's a lot of minutes. We should just we, replace the last 30 minutes of the show with a sitcom from the 80s. Oh, okay. That, but that, aren't those only like 22 minutes? Yeah, and eight minutes of or of the song "O Comely" from the airplane over the sea. Oh, okay. Is that eight minutes long? Yeah. Do you like that song? I do. It was the last song on the album that I liked, and now it's one of my favorites. Okay. Um. All right. So let's uh, let's let's uh, t- let's do a little uh, a little brief uh, jag. I-, I fixed a toilet, Mister Skullhead. Oh. You'd be so proud of me. I am proud of you. You didn't just replace the toilet and have a plumber put a new one in. No, I didn't. I've never done that except when I actually shattered the tank of a toilet. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, it uh, it developed that problem where the uh, the handle just fell, like didn't stop in the right place, uh-huh. you know, and it would get hung up and the toilet would run forever. But I totally fixed it. I used a wrench and everything, and then I used some pliers. These players. I went to uh, I went to Hastings while I was up in Prescott. You f- used those pliers. I did. I uh, I bought a I bought a book that I think a naked Jew recommended. I'm not sure which guy named Mike sent that email. Um, have you ever read the Abhorson trilogy? I have not. It's uh, I think it's uh, it's another one of those uh, sort of uh, young adult fantasy series like hmm. the like the dark materials 
Do you think The Dark Materials is any lower of a reading level than, like, I don't know, a Stephen King or a a Sue Grafton? (laughs) What are other people who write books for adults? Danielle Steele? (laughs) Right. But no, I know what you mean. Certainly not, like, a Dan Brown is probably written slightly below that. A Dan Patterson. A Dan... Just really Dan's. Yeah, any any book written by a Dan. Dan Rather. No, that's kind of a pet peeve that I have, though, is that books that have a protagonist that is between the ages of, like, 8 and 18 tend to be just seen as young adult literature, whether they really are or not. I mean, I think especially if they're, like, fantasy books, right? Because, yeah. in a way, I think fantasy is sort of ghettoized... It's like always a just sort of a subheading under science fiction, and often, yeah. I mean, it seems like the rise of Harry Potter, which I feel like the later Harry Potter books are written at a level equivalent to any book in the non-young readers section. Right. Right. Like the first couple, the first couple were definitely like very simplistic and very much children's books, but like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Ah, uh, whatever. Whatever. Are the Twilight books in grown-up section? They have their own section now. Supernatural teen romance. Oh. I think I have seen that, actually. Yeah, I'm not kidding. There's... That actually exists now. There's the Twilight and all the Twilight rip-offs. Right, the one where the woman is in love with it. I mean, the, the girl, the young high school girl is in love with a zombie. Yep. Or a ghost. Or an alien. Alien. I'm sure there's really an alien. Right. Touched by an alien. Right. Where my swimsuit covers. Uh, okay, so that was four that was a four minute diversion. I just need to slow I need to slow my roll. Uh, Josh Dobbins says, really a suggestion phrased as a question, but have you considered limiting clan dungeons? I'm not actually going to do that. To characters not in Hardcore slash Ronin. It seems like the easiest way to limit this content to Aftercore use would be doing just that, and I can't see it having too much of an effect on casual players. It isn't a trivial matter to fight in Hobopolis or the Slime Tube while in Hardcore or Ronin for your average player. Yeah, but I don't want to stop someone from playing with their friends just because they happen to be in the middle of a run. Mm. Right? And that's the thing. Like, I... The people who are really concerned about the health of the speed game and who don't want these Hobopolis stunts uh, to be a thing on the leaderboard, they they kind of want to have their cake and eat it too in a lot of ways because they want me to take away the things that are like tedious about being able to access Hobopolis and run. But if I were to just say, all right, you can no longer go into clan dungeons if you're in Ronin or Hardcore, they would say, wah, you took away sewer leveling, wah, it's very important and actually interesting, wah. You know? And I mean, I'm sure that there are things about that that make them right. Um, but any way of giving them exactly what they want is going to be inelegant. Uh, which is a thing that I don't want. Um, I don't know how many people actually fall into the category of the people that I'm trying to protect by allowing you to go into clan dungeons while you're in Ronin or Hardcore, but I imagine that it is some. And, you know, I just don't want to take that option away from them because the dick stabbers can't not stab dicks. Um, so, you know, 
maybe this continues to be a really big deal and maybe it was a one-time thing and it doesn't and we'll see we'll see what happens and we will react to the situation as it develops uh, Psyche says geez Jick how many instruments do you play accordion guitar piano now saxophone are you any good at any of them or do you just kind of putter around I mean I just kind of putter around I don't uh, you know I'm, I'm good enough at any of them to impress someone who doesn't play them or any other instrument but not to impress any musicians you tend to know like at least for guitar you know two or three riffs that sound really cool though Mm -hmm. and like i can play chords and change in between them pretty quickly but that's kind of as far as i go with guitar and that's only useful if you're like sitting around a campfire yeah which is you you can pick up a a guitar and, and do like a blues riff or you know the little like spanish sounding riff and people are like dude you should do more riffs and riffs like please don't yeah but then and then they say no i mean guitar riffs and i'd say yeah but i don't know any more guitar riffs i mean so i took piano lessons for a long time when i was a kid but i just never practiced you know so and it's like again like i can play a few songs and like the people think like oh cool you know how to play the piano then it's like well not really like i can't I never got anywhere near the point where I could sight read music. Um, and I think I'm not very good at switching between chords on the guitar either. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I've never really been able to quickly or even slowly play bar chords correctly, hmm. which really limits the amount of stuff that I can play. You know? Like, I just can't play a B that isn't a B7, and so any chord, any song that has a B chord in it, I'm just not going to be able to play it. Um, B7's easy, though, because you can just do that on, you know, on the frets. You don't have to, you don't have to use a bar. If I could get somebody else to, like, really quickly use a capo for me, like, changing in between chord changes, (laughs) then that would be awesome. Uh, hey guys, says Samich Do Great job with Crimbo and the new Mr. Store Familiars. As soon as I have the $40 to spare, I intend to throw those premium hatchlings into my terrarium. I remember a while back there was a discussion regarding the possibility of awarding bonus karma for good deeds done in run. I remember the main worry being the potential of a script that would make acquiring the karma via these deeds trivial. Would putting a cap on the amount of karma you could acquire through good deeds in the run make the idea more feasible? For example, if you could only acquire 10 points of good deed karma, even if you did 30 deeds worth one point each, then you'd still acquire only 10? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's also when it was mentioned it seemed like the main idea for good deeds was to have a string of small quests along the lines of Harold's hammer perhaps in addition to that doing certain tasks outside the norm could add to it as like as, as well such as never equipping the pirate fledges yeah I don't uh... you know I think that that is an idea that sounded like a good idea at the time and it still sounds like a good idea at the time <laughs> still at the time <laughs> which is at now this time. Uh, at this time but it's also okay to not do it you know like it's like well i'm not really sure how this would turn out so maybe it's all right to just have this be what it is now you know because people are having fun with it and like we do some little quests and you get a reward for doing the little quest and like that's okay you know the reward is its own reward uh number one 
The writing in the Seuss Hell is pretty incredible. Nice job, Scully. Oh, this is WVO quiet writing. Number two, the main page right now is listing the top collections of the totally gay Claymore. Not sure that's a good first thing for a potential player to see before signing up. Doesn't really represent the game's humor, and I think Jake's been trying to avoid having that kind of thing in the public face of the game. There's only one possible collector anyway, and just thought I'd give a heads up. Yeah, most of the other custom items were blacklisted, and sorry, I just I added that one. I think at the time, uh, there wasn't a Claymore. Did you make another one of those and give it to him when he came back? Yes. Or did I do that? No, it was still in the item spindler. I changed the. Oh yeah. I gave him it again, but I changed the description to be less or more acceptable, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I took it over there just to you know because because whatever. I mean, who cares, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, um. Cognitive Disco Dance says, Art can be either curated or performed. The asymmetric team seems to be fairly strong in both forms. Curating via the game itself, the writing within, blogs and projects like the comic book, and performing via the radio shows and cons. Do you prefer one uh, form or the other? Do you think your business model or the fact that you're an internet thing requires you to do both? I don't... I don't think our model requires us to do these shows. Yeah. I don't, you know, it. to what extent do you think that it has, like, helped us? I mean, I guess... It, it makes people feel like we are very accessible, but I think we would be just as accessible if it wasn't. Sure. Oh. Bad things happened. Uh, I very much hate performing. If I thought about the people listening, I, in a way, it's easier for me knowing that hardly anybody's listening live and knowing that if I say something that's super embarrassing, I can go back and edit it out. I never will, and I never do, but just knowing that I can takes it from a thing that would just be this soul-crushing stage fright and pressure to being a thing where there's no pressure at all. Hmm. Um, you never had that performance anxiety. Like, you were... No, I, I'm a theater kid yeah I mean I remember seeing you you know in high school like going out and like you know like are you ready to rock in front of the like whole assembled right corpus of the student body and then and you know, it was like playing a song on the guitar and singing along to it and I was thinking like Jesus Christ like I you know around that same time as when I was doing uh, debate and and that got me over my fear of, of public speaking but it, it, in a way where it didn't work when it came to trying to like entertain people, uh-huh. it's kind of a curse. Like I, I like, I like, I like making people laugh more than anything else that I can do. But it is so rare that I have a context in which I can do that, you know, very effectively. Like. Like just the the times I don't think I have felt better in recent memory than the times at Dragon Con when I was on those panels when I said something and like an entire room full of people laughed and I was like what right on that was awesome yeah I am totally in love with myself right now um but I mean it was through like you know dry mouth and heart pounding and like I just I hate it it's like I, I I love being the center of attention, but I hate being the center of attention. Hey, yep. You know, mostly I get that fix like, it you know, at the bar at a table with ten people at it after I've had four or five drinks, you know, and then it's like I'll get into like funny Zach mode. Yeah, you know, it works. Yeah, we were talking about that actually at the dinner party, trying to 
they quantify how you can tell how each person is drunk because I can hardly ever tell when you're drunk until you're really really drunk uh-huh. but the point at which you would come up to me and say hey I'm pretty drunk I wouldn't even know but my wife said that uh, I like when I get tipsy I get into the like entertainer mode where everything is firing on all sil- cylinders and I can just witty cracks and jokes and puns flying fast no matter what anybody says to me and the drunker I get, the more the timing starts to slip a little, but I don't notice. And I so if I'm thinking I'm being really funny and I'm not, then I'm probably super drunk. I just usually the way that I can tell that you're pretty drunk is that you're up really late, right? Because um, that's like the only time that like uh, there always is some point during the con or the party where you you get to the point where you are just walking around with like a bottle of tequila in your hand. Yeah. Um. After the point where I would have figured you had already gone to bed, um, so that's that's how I can tell. I don't think you. I don't think you get less funny. Usually, I can tell when I'm drunk because I say something stupid. Oh yeah. If it's if I'm drinking hard liquor, I usually won't get any body symptoms that I'm aware of, like nothing spinning or anything. But so I'll just be sitting, you know, being super hilarious, and then say something that I wouldn't have said. Right, it's something really racist. Yeah. Like your your inner white supremacist comes out. Yep. You know, like I, you know, I tell people that I just shaved my head when I started losing my hair, but that's not true. I started doing it way before that. Uh-huh. Um. Uh, nobody. Uh, this was this was the first trip to Prescott in uh, recent memory where uh, no one uh, yelled, calling me a faggot out of a pickup truck that was moving. No, that's great. Yeah, I would have thought that that would stop happening as I just slowly became like an old man. Yeah, but you never became less of a faggot. I guess that's true. I guess that's the problem. Uh, as far as those guys... Do you think it's the same guys in the same pickup trucks every time? It's like, oh boy, that faggot's back in town. Let's yell at him and call him a faggot. I hope so. I like to think Did- that there's just a, a group of people who that is their sole entertainment and life's work. Right, and they just they got so sad when I moved away. Yep. Did, did that ever happen to you in Prescott? No, but I never had long hair. Okay. Okay. I, I guess I can see that. I guess my long hair is what makes me a faggot. Yep. I just, man. You know, all the home, all the homeless guys have long hair. They don't get called faggots. That's not. Have you ever yelled anything at anybody from a fucking moving car? Have you ever just, like, decided to yell an insult at somebody? I don't think so. I can imagine, like, yelling something from a moving car, but it would have just been some absurd non sequitur or something, you know? I've yelled at somebody who, like, cut me off in traffic, but... Right. Never just, like, fucker. Somebody walking for no, you know, walking and looking gay is not a thing that would make me yell at somebody. Uh Uh-huh. Ugh, boy, that, that town, man. So here's the thing, like, people who are wondering why for a long time we thought it was okay to say, like, cease your faggotry and stuff, like, the world that we come from is a world where people would just shout faggot at you from a moving car. And, you know, maybe they didn't even mean anything by it, and they're not going to come kick your ass or anything, they just felt the need to express that. It's like, we come from a world where that was 
still an okay thing to, to yell at people. Well, yeah, it was not exactly an okay thing to yell at, but I mean, I, so I think that it was like to to me as a guy who I, you know, and I mean nobody nobody wants to hear these rationalizations, but like so to me calling somebody a faggot before at least before the internet taught me the error of my ways was like absolutely equivalent to like if you were saying something about like some new Legos that you really liked, you'd be like, God, you're such a fucking nerd. Right. Right? Because to me, like, the the same guy who would yell, fuck you, nerd, would also yell, fuck you, faggot. And it was like, oh, okay. So yeah. these are just these are just epithets. Like you know, one of those is not one of those is not hate speech, whereas the other one is a compliment. Right? Those are two things said with exactly the same intent. Yeah. Um, yeah, the last time I was up there, the la- like in October, two or three times when I was just walking around on the courthouse square, like, guys fucking yell at me out of a truck. Like, what the fuck are you doing? That, that like, yeah. Yeah. Man. Actually, man, just like. That's how far back I am on Advice Hot Dog. I just listened to that episode where you were talking oh, yeah. about that. Ugh, man. You know, because it's not... It is not, like, a totally backwards town. Yeah. It's pretty backwards, but I've I've lived in a really backwards town. You know, and, and Prescott is a regular cosmopolitan mecca compared to a lot of places in the country, but, like... Yeah, you know. Maybe they just, they're yelling at me because they secretly want to have sex with me and they can't admit it. Yeah, they wish they knew how to quit you. Uh, Wind writes, Why can you not send untrendy items to people in Trendcore even via packages? This makes no sense and is a very frustrating feature. You already cannot use untrendy items, so what's the point of this? It just makes it harder for people to trade, distribute prizes, gives gifts, and so on. Um, that's actually not true. Uh, C.D. Moyer pops in and says that, but it is not the case that in Trendy you are prohibited from using stuff that is trendy. Like, we, we looked it over, and well, C.D. Moyer looked it over, and we determined that it was way more sane for us to just prohibit you from getting the items than doing things with the items because there are a lot fewer ways for you to get things than there are ways for you to do things with mm-hmm. items. Um, Demix says, auto-sell for mall feature? Pulverize from mall feature? Yeah, mall features need more features. Mr. Crack asks, if we are bronies, do we watch ponies? I have not uh, I have not gotten involved in any of that stuff at all. I'm it's fucking everywhere on the internet. Yeah. One of these days I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna watch a couple episodes. I, I mean just haven't gotten around it, to it. Like some of the guys here who I like and respect and are manly men who know how to work with leather and knives and axes and, like, eat fire and shit are into it, so... Well, you say manly men, but then you list a bunch of Renaissance Fair traits. Right, but, like, being able to take a bunch of, like, leather and steel and turn it into a sword is kind of a badass thing to be able to do, right? Well, sure, but it's a badass thing that will get you called a nerd. Sure. Right. Just say like manly nerds. Sure. Okay. Sure. Sure. Uh, so I can imagine the new My Little Pony. Like I can imagine almost anything being good if it was made by people our age with our sensibilities. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
like Adventure Time is fucking great, even though it's a kids cartoon, right? But it's just it's really awesome because it's cl- like it's clearly made by adults, and they are trying to amuse one another with it. Uh, because they realize that it, it is trivial to simultaneously make something that is entertaining to children and something that is a good quality product for a grown-up to watch because it takes no effort to entertain children. Like, I mean, children I, are like machines yeah. for being entertained by the the t- smallest thing. I would guess that as somebody who really liked Animaniacs back in the day, that there's a similar thing going on here. So... Yeah, I mean, if there if there is in fact a, a one of the characters in My Little Ponies is named Derpy because it is the stupid pony, uh-huh. then it's like okay, well that's that that name shows some degree of withitness of the writers, I guess. You know, I saw a thing that they where they did the end of one episode was a shot for shot remake of the metal scene at the end of A New Hope. Okay, so you know. That seemed interesting. Sure. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah. And then people asking about the stockings and all that. And other people asking about other accomplishments for Crimbo 2011. Yes, yes. Some of that. Some of that. Um, Blister Guy says, I assume the change to spleen drops just prior to Bees Hate You was because you couldn't use the baby sandworm or drops from the green pixie in that path. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think this is too late, but, says Lilin, what is going on with the Bone Star shirts? No, seriously, they were supposed to have been sent out before the end of December and at last communication, and once again we've lapsed into silence. Is it possible to just get a refund? It is. Uh, the last one is because after all of the cluster fuckery that happened, the fucking print shop, after going through the process of like checking with everybody to make sure that a white one on black was okay or did you want what we actually advertised which was gray on black right because it was our mistake the first time the, we took them back to the print shop we figured out the number of people who wanted it on gray we got that many shirts we took it to the print shop said alright here we go put these on gray ink they send us back a proof that's with gray ink and then we get back the batch of shirts and they all have fucking white ink on them yeah. and then they, somebody at the print shop was like oh well this is our mistake so we'll refund the shirts you know, we'll we'll get we'll order the shirts and just reprint them. And so we're like, okay, well, we don't need to do anything. But then a week later, somebody else from the print shop decided, no, fuck that, we're not going to buy these shirts. Order them yourself. I'm like, oh, cool, thanks for telling us so fucking soon after we. <laughs> so it's a fucking nightmare. And and I think this has finally pushed everyone over the edge. Like I was over it a while ago, of just like let's just find a different fucking printer. Like I don't want to give these people any more money. And uh, yeah, I think I think everybody else is on board with that now. Where are so, we? Uh, so soon? We're saying. I. I think so. Yeah, I, and I'm really sorry about all of this. Hey, remember when I didn't want to do these shirts? Yeah. Well, yeah, was, there's no reason that it has to be like this, right? No, there's no. This was just this was just a a big series of fuck ups on various people's parts. You know, and it's a comedy of errors. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think in you know, uh, you know, it, it like it like happened right after the sort of change up in who was shipping out items and stuff. So it was like a it was like a complicated first day at work situation, and and like it just everything that could have gone wrong did. 
that clusterfuck with the proofs in the beginning. Like I, it, we had to seriously decide whether we were going to send them all back and mm-hmm. just redo them all because I wasn't happy with the way that they were printed. But then the fact that everybody loved them, everybody who saw them was like, oh man, that's awesome. As opposed to, oh man, those line weights are like 30% thicker than on the original art that you sent the printer. That sucks and looks dumb. Uh, which is my, you know, was my right. impression. How are we uh, on the con shirts? Those, I thought, were done. Because I don't have mine and Jess's yet. Okay. Um, yours might have been on a sep- yours might have been on a different list. Um, yeah, but I'll, I'll, you know, I'll check on that. I, I hate the fact that we sell physical objects to people. Right. You know, I like that those objects exist, but, like, I think I would just put them in a basket that people could go just take one. <laughs> like, you know, uh, just dealing with the man. Like, there are so many, so many systems in place that are only in place to support the sort of physical sale of goods, and that is a thing that I'm so not interested in. And I know that it makes people happy, but in this case, it makes people sad. It makes people happy when you do it. it makes people sad when you fuck it all up. Right. Um. Yeah, all right. Well, let's stop, and I'll save the rest of these questions for the next radio show. All right. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Oh, bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.